This is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. I want to start by apologizing for last week. I had no idea that Echo was in there. And look, I'm going to blame it on my cats. I could have hit it myself, but my cats like to walk around up here. and We got dogs, too, or a dog. And um, one of them unhit the mute button on one of my channels, and it caused a loop back. And I am so sorry. But once it was recorded and posted, there's no way to remove it. Um, I'd had to redone the whole thing again, and I do apologize for that. So please forgive me. Try to not let that happen again. I made sure tonight I listened to this program first um, and didn't take it for granted that everything was working right. So thank you all. Uh, Tonight, I want to get into something. Um, I want to make this program intentional and to the point. So let's pray. Father... In Yeshua's name, I pray that what's said tonight sinks so deeply into people's hearts and minds and souls that they are changed forever. In your son's powerful name, Yeshua, Jesus, amen. Folks, I want to be intentional because tonight I want to share something from Brother David Wilkerson that is just 100% biblical. But Brother Wilkerson, after uh, 9-11, um, I don't remember the exact years, he had a sermon he preached, and he talked about in one hour, everything is going to change. And he cites this out of Revelation chapter 18. But he also talks about the Isaiah prophecy. Uh, the let me, let me read just a little bit here. The prophet Isaiah, this is from Brother David Wilkerson, warns us that in the last days, God is going to turn the world upside down. He declares, behold, the Lord maketh earth empty and maketh it waste and turneth it upside down. According to this prophecy, sudden judgment is coming upon the earth and will change everything in a single hour. Within that short span, the whole world will witness fast falling destruction upon a city and a nation and the world will never be the same. Now, Brother Wilkerson looked at this and he saw what was going on in his day prior to him um, passing away. And continue on. Listen to what he says down here. A sudden cataclysmic event will strike the first and final judgments of God. This great event will cause the earth to reel. And Isaiah says that when it hits, there will be no peace to escape. The lofty or the proud city, he layeth it low, even to the ground. He bringeth it even to the dust. Isaiah 26, 5. The inhabitants of the earth are burned. Once this happens, utter chaos will erupt. All civic activities will stop and society will descend into massive disorder. Government agents will be helpless to restore any kind of sanity. No state trooper, no national guard, no army will be able to bring order to the upheaval. You well remember that when the Twin Towers were destroyed, help poured into New York from all over the world. An army of people came to assist in whatever way they could, but the scene in Isaiah's prophecy is different. 
This calamity is clearly beyond humankind's capacity to respond. Once the judgment strikes, it will devastate the economy. Rich merchants will stand by watching and torment, weeping and mourning as they face bankruptcy in an instant. All the wealth they amassed will be reduced to nothing. John describes this scene in Revelation 18, verses 15 through 17. The merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off from the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, for in one hour so great riches is come to naught. Overnight, all buying and selling will cease. Every restaurant and bar will be shut down, and all drinking and music making will end. Indeed, every trace of mirth and delight, joy and gladness will vanish. All the merry-hearted do sigh, the mirth of tabrets ceaseth, the noise of them that rejoiceth endeth, and the joy of the harp ceaseth. They shall not drink wine with a song, the mirth of the land is gone. Isaiah 24, 7-9. Yes, this is a, bit, a picture of gloom and doom, Brother David Wilkerson says, but it is not my prophecy, he says. This word was given by the Holy Spirit of the Almighty God to be delivered to his righteous prophet Isaiah and also through, and David Wilkerson doesn't say that, but he also quotes from the book of Revelation and John later on. The reason I bring this up is because we have talked about this so many times. And it was interesting. I was talking to Brother Benjamin earlier, and he's going to be coming on in uh, two weeks. He's got some things going on right now. And we're going to have a program, special program, uh, in a couple weeks. But we were talking and discussing about this lack of prayer and what's going on in the world. And I was talking to Benjamin and we were talking about the time people spend. And I said, you know, the one hour with the Lord, it's such a biblical concept. He's, and Benjamin says, you know, well, one hour is when how long it took for Babylon to be destroyed. Then out of nowhere, he says, let's just do a search for one hour. So we looked up, he did his search. We started talking about it. And you wouldn't believe there's about nine verses in the King James um, that talk about one hour specifically. And this is very interesting. I want to just hit this with you because what I'm going to share at the end is going to be so important as a Remnant Call listener. Revelation 18 says specifically, for in one hour, so great riches is come to naught. Yes, they're destroyed in one hour. Standing afar off, the Bible says in Revelation 18.10, that it said that great city, mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. That concept of one hour is very often towards, as we see right here, destruction. It also, though, is a command of the amount of time our Lord told us to spend with him. Matthew chapter 26, verse 40. And he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Now we've talked about that verse in times past and I, I, I challenge anybody to read that in the Gospels and in Matthew and in Mark and, and, and uh, Luke. Uh, you can hear, I can anyways, I can hear the pain in the Lord's voice voice when I read that. Of somebody that's in their dark hour, the Lord was in his darkest hour right there. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about the darkness of carrying the sin of the world on your shoulders. And he comes back to his disciples. 
he's 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 been suffering the you know the this tears unto blood this this carrying this weight and he looks at him and says couldn't you have just watched prayed one hour it's a broken saying if you read context ask the lord to open your heart i i'm telling it's can i can hear it it's broken because the lord for him in that hour that was his last days event okay for jesus at that time on this earth that was the end of time for him but instead of you the people going to hell he ends up taking the whole burden of sin and suffering it for an entire world on his shoulders alone which is something that none of us could even handle yet he took it and he asked couldn't you just spend with me one hour well back to the other side of that the contrast the kings in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 12, listen to what it says. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them for he is the Lord of lords and the king of kings. Their one hour of power ends in their destruction now continuing on back contrasting it the other way there are those who the bible talks about at the last hour of earth's history right those that the lord will be bringing in in the end of time to salvation in the kingdom it's a verse that obviously some people um, don't like to hear about as much because it, it troubles them that why would they get to come in at this quote unquote last hour Matthew chapter 20 starting in verse 10 but when they came they supposed that they should have received more and they likewise received every man a penny and when they had received it there murmured against the good men of the house saying these last have wrought but one hour and thou hast made them equal to us which have borne the burden and heat of the day but he answered one of them and said friend i do thee no wrong didst not thou agree with me for a penny Take that thine is, and go thy way. I give unto the last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my money? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the first last, for many be called, but few chosen. So here we're talking about the Lord's, I believe, bringing it to the last days, the end of time, the last hour. And he says, if you're willing to come in, listen, there have been people that have been working, they're, they've been following me their whole lives, or, or their, you know everything here. But right now, if you're willing to come right now, I'll give you the same reward that they get, eternal life. And here God is asking and you see this picture of those in the last days who are willing to spend that hour, right, with the Lord to be with him forever in his kingdom. I'm not talking, don't, don't, please don't comment about this as works based. I'm talking about what the Lord says to do, okay? 
work out your salvation with fear and trembling, the Bible talks about, okay? Uh, I'm not talking about earning your salvation. I'm talking about we do what God asks us to do, and he asks us to spend an hour with him. And we see this contrast, an hour for destruction and an hour towards eternal life in the kingdom. Which choice are we going to make? At the end of time, when we're in the last days, when it's all coming to culmination, God asks, is there a people willing to spend an hour, a day? You don't have to do it all at once. Maybe it's 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at lunch, 20 minutes at the night. I don't know. Maybe it's 30 minutes in the morning, 15 at lunch, 15 at night. Do not save the bulk of it for night or you'll fall asleep. The truth is, though, There is a clear contrast in these one-hour statements of evil and good. And God is calling us to spend an hour with him every day. It's very simple. Couldn't we watch just one hour, pray, seek the Lord? Because the devil's going to get his hour. Oh, yeah. He's going to bring some destruction at times. Babylon's going to fall in an hour. God is calling us to a time of prayer and fasting and seeking his face. Now, we've read it before, but it's so easy to be forgotten. And the book of Joel is a fascinating book. It was a book about the day that they were living in. It was also a book about the day that we are living in. The book of Joel, Joel is a two, has multiple fulfillments. But it does bring it home. Listen to what it says in Joel chapter 2. Blow you the trumpet in Zion. That's something they always were to do when, the, when there was trouble on the foot on, on the, that was coming in. And sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. Here's steady, setting the stage for chapter 2. For the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. Okay, now we're in the end times. Now we're at the last days. It's a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. We know about all the darkness that's on the earth, not only physically, but literally spiritually. It's all over. And there's a time of darkness that's coming uh, on this earth also of, of actual physical darkness. And we see these things all. And Joel says this. This is what we're to do. It says that we are to call for the elders of the church. Listen to what it says. Let me just read it. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priest the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land. Now, let me say something. Folks, God is calling us in this last hours. Now you might say, for Brother Frank, and I see some comments times and people say about fasting, they don't like to do it. That That's fine. I'm just reading you what the very word of God tells us to do. It says, when the day of the Lord is approaching, 
We are to fast and pray and seek his face from the elders and the pastor all the way from the top down to the bottom. Now, are many churches doing this? No, it doesn't matter though. You are responsible for you. There's no, you're not going to be able to get at the end of time and say, Lord, I went to a terrible church. I, they didn't, they were just all hypocrites. Well, I got news for you. We're all hypocrites. Okay. But the truth is you don't base your salvation on somebody else. Your salvation is in Jesus. And because of the gift of salvation, the Lord calls us to specific instructions as believers on what we are to do. This prayer and fasting and seeking his face, it is an emptying tool of the self and flesh so that the Lord can fill with his spirit and guide and direct us through these last hours. The Bible is very specific that we are not to put trust in a people or a guy, but we are to wait upon the Lord in these last hours, according to the book of Micah. It is a command from the Almighty that we are to do. And so prayer and fasting, one hour of the Lord seeking his face is just the way to do it. Now, here's what we're talking about. Brother Benjamin's coming on a couple weeks. We are calling out to everybody starting Wednesday evening sundown to Thursday evening sundown. We are beginning again fasting all our fasting every Thursday from sundown to sundown. Sundown Wednesday to sundown Thursday. We are fasting and seeking the Lord and asking God to spare his people. The Lord is gracious and merciful. Now you says in here, it says, then will I be jealous. It says, then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Now you might say, does that mean that America, the Lord's going to heal America? Folks, I don't believe that one bit. It did say that he'll be jealous for his land. I got news for you. His land. If you don't know where that's at, then go read the Bible. But we are his people and God will be jealous for his people and his land. I'm not going to get into that tonight. If you don't know, you need to start reading. Or his, or his I'll give you, I'll give you a, a good hint. It's right over where all the world is focused on, according to the book of Zechariah chapter 12. I believe it's in. Read that. You'll find out the one place that is a stumbling block for the whole world. That is where the Lord's land is in that area. But the truth is God is calling us to prayer and fasting. We are rebeginning, restarting this up because it is serious time. And folks, everybody knows it's hard to pray in this hour. There's so much interference. There's so much going on. But God is about to do to the United States exactly what he did to Egypt. He destroyed the gods of Egypt. All those plagues were pointed at the gods of Egypt. He is going to destroy the gods of America. Our technology, our love for money, all those things will be destroyed. But that doesn't mean he won't protect and be with his people. The last days is not a time to fear. It's a time to work. Work for sharing, saying, hey, listen, brother, the Lord's coming. The Lord is coming. Get in here, man. The pay is the same. The pay is the same, brother. It doesn't matter if you've been in the whole your whole life. It doesn't matter if you messed up and you backslid, you got out. Listen, jump in, man. There's still time. Because I'll tell you right now, folks, the wicked, they're hardened. They've made their choice. You see it in the in Egypt. 
The there was yes, there was there a mixed multitude that went out? Yes, but those were only those who cleaved to Israel that went out. We must turn ourselves to the Lord if we want to follow him. You've got to convert to God's ways. God's house is the only house of worship. And we must follow him. Folks, this is a serious time. We're calling for prayer and fasting. If you're angry and you think it's works, then I'm sorry. I'm not trying to offend you. But please don't comment or send me emails about it because I'm not going to respond. The truth is, this is what the Lord said to do. He asked, they even asked, remember, they came to him and said, why don't your disciples fast, right? And they, Jesus said they can't fast while the bridegroom is with them, but there'll be a time when the bridegroom is taken away, and then they shall fast. Jesus was saying, hey, if it's coming back. As soon as I'm gone there, we'll be fasting again. Absolutely. And Jesus fasted. I, if it's good enough for Jesus, I think it's good enough for us. Amen? Folks, we got to be serious about this. I don't want to sit here. This program doesn't need to be very long tonight. What I want you to do is go back and contemplate, meditate, seek out, get on your knees and pray to your God and ask him to guide us in what to do to give us peace through this hour. I'm telling you, prayer, fasting, all these things, instead of you having nerves or being worried about what's going on or angry at everything in the world. Forget about you're not going to change the presidential election right now. This country has made their decisions. Okay, what you can do, though, is change your attitude, change your relationship, allow God to work through you to change others. We are agents of change for the kingdom, not for this world. Folks, I want you to take this seriously. Wednesday, sundown to Thursday, sundown. We are going to fast and pray moving forward. It's time. Let's do this thing. God is going to do work in all of us in these last days. But he's calling us to get serious about our walk with him. This is Brother Frank encouraging, pleading, begging each one of you. Take your walk seriously. Good night and shalom. Trumpet in